Hello and welcome to Melee's Turnwild, the series that takes a retroactive look at the Fire Emblem series chapter by chapter. I'm your host, I'm in Melee Kirby, and today we're taking it back to chapters 13, 14, and 14X of Fire Emblem, the Binding Blade. I am once again joined by Soup. Uh, say hi, Soup. Hey, good to be back. Very excited to talk about uh, these chapters today. One in particular, I think we're both very excited to get to. Yeah, the best chapter in the entire series. It's so true. So yeah, I'm very excited to get there. Uh, but before we do, let's go ahead and talk about the question from last episode, which was, which do you prefer between A route and B route? I was expecting this to be pretty straightforward with a lot of the same answers, and I was right. Um, so <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about it, too? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I answered this one. I I don't think I've literally ever gone B route. It, it's just like, I think about it, and I'm like, uh, I could either get Echidna or I could not get Echidna. Uh, that's like the worst trade ever. And the trade-off is like for Bartre, who's like a... He's fine. I don't really care that much about him. Yeah, Bartre... It makes my hero's roles way worse. <laughs> you see, I, I feel like I, I like Bartre a lot more than I would if I play heroes. Or if I played heroes, because... And people say that a lot about a lot of different characters, like Oboro... Um, Jacob is a really common one. Arthur, like all these guys that just like ruin your your fucking roles. I mean, would you like them more that much more? Those characters specifically. I mean, th- those three characters that I just listed off are like was uh, Obero, Jacob, yeah. Arthur. Yeah, those are like three of my favorite Fates characters. Um, so oh, really? probably yeah. I don't like a lot of Fates characters, but those are three of the ones I do. Especially yeah. Arthur. I think Arthur's probably like one of my probably like a top five favorites. Yeah, and mainly I don't mind that uh, Obero that much. Yeah, Obero is uh, like fine. The other two, I, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of Jacob and Arthur. Just like, not he, he's not a character. He's just silly. <laughs> he's a walking ship post. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, he's a that's post. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so yeah, a the trade off between. When you, when you have characters exclusive to each route, especially a short route split like this one, then it becomes a matter of, like, do I want that character or not? I, I think it's it's less noticeable for longer route splits, like the, the Sakae-Ilia uh, route split. I don't know about you, but I never really base it on whether I want Diane or Juno. I pick it off, like, which maps I want to play, because it's uh-huh. like a huge chunk of the game. But well, I mean... Uh... Like I've seen, I've seen the B route maps. They're essentially like not that different conceptually. It's just the order you play them is like reversed. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 very similar in in a lot of ways. Um, and but yeah, Echidna is like a really good unit. She's cool. She's a female yeah. hero. Everyone loves those. Um, yeah, she's got like uh, probably uh, one of my favorite designs in the series. Like top ten, probably. Yeah, she's really fucking cool. She looks really nice. Um, and then Bartry is just a funny guy with a mustache. <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't compare. But um, I do. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say, I'm not a big fan of Like, if you're coming from Seven, that might be like, oh, I wonder what this dude's up to. But I didn't really like him in Seven that much. Yeah, I feel like if anything, Seven makes me less likely to want to get him. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, he's not a very good character in Seven or a very interesting character. Um, or a very good unit or a very good unit so it's not like a, I have a particular attachment to Bartray from uh, FE7 
So I don't know. Yeah, actually, that's probably not fair because hand axes are good in seven. Yes, but he still sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. like you know, he like his stats are terrible. Um, he can contribute for like three maps, and then you bench him. That's pretty much unless you want to recruit Carla. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, my personal take on it is I like both routes, uh, and I do sometimes choose to go B route because I do think ten and eleven B are like both pretty fun maps. But generally speaking, I prefer A route. I think 11A is one of the best maps in the game. And obviously the Echidna versus uh, Bartre decision is, is a pretty much a no-brainer. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the majority of people agree. Um, I don't see... I remember seeing a lot of dissent on that, on that one. So, Yeah. You get different items from the villages you actually visit, right? Uh, I think so. I don't remember. Here, let me let me check real quick. That would be an unhinged way to pick it. It's just like, <laughs> do I get do I get a better item from village A or B? Okay, so you got barrier, sword, reaver. This is ten B barrier, sword, reaver, dragon shield, Orion's bolt, sleep, door key, elixir. Um, it's either killer bow or restore. Oh, that. Oh, that's what you mean. Yes, it's a killer bow to restore. Okay, I thought you meant like in. The I meant in. The I meant in chapter nine. Yeah, no, I thought. I thought you meant like within the the chapters themselves. Which... I'm pretty sure that in the chapters themselves, it's effectively the same thing. It's very similar. That's yeah. the important stuff. You actually uh, don't get a speed in ten B. You don't get the speed wing unless you bring Lauder Wade. Whereas in eleven A, you always get it. <laughs> so. Yeah. So go B route to get the restore, get an extra restore stave. Exactly. No, but you get one in uh, you get one in eleven A anyway, <laughs> and you don't get one in ten B. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, is that you get a barrier staff in ten B instead? Okay, then you don't get the killer bow in. Uh, you don't get the killer bow in B route. In B route, so this uh, A is objectively better. Honestly, I kind of agree with you. I think uh, I think a route is uh, is pretty much the better the better option all around. Okay, we've solved it. We have we figured it out. <laughs> okay, okay, I got a good one. All right, and this is this is a big one. I, I probably shouldn't be blowing this question so early, but I well, I feel like it's it's applicable to uh, to the chapter that we're about to talk about. Who is your favorite? terrible character to use in fire emblem like a character that you know is just completely fucking god awful uh but you still like using them anyway so uh, your script yeah your scrimblow of choice your scrimblow of choice but they can't they can't just be like a regular nobody they need to be like really really bad like wendy or I, the reason i bring it up of course is because we're about to see sophia and that's that's who made me think of yeah it. i know there's a lot of people who like using sophia so who is your your god awful unit of choice in in the Fire Emblem series? There's a lot of options from this game alone, so you're yeah. not exactly strapped for choice here. Okay, uh, remember to tweet your answers at I May Melee Kirby or email turnwheelpodcast at gmail.com because I'm very curious to hear what you guys have to say. All right, uh, anything else you want to talk about, Sue? Before we get started, uh, I think I'm good. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started with our first chapter of the episode, which is Chapter 13, Rescue Mission.
So after everything's been resolved on the Western Isles, you know, Etruria and has fully undergone its coup d'etat. Uh, the, the Chancellor Roritz is trying to overthrow uh, the king. And basically the entire continent is just kind of falling into chaos because the one of the major superpowers of the world has basically just exploded um, and no one knows what the fuck to do. Cecilia is leading a group of loyalists uh, who are trying to keep the old order intact, uh, but they're losing badly and have been actually pushed back all the way to a place called the Misser Peninsula, which is on the very uh, southwest of the of the continent. I don't know how they managed to fall back that far uh, without losing first, but like because this is a long way away from Etruria, but I guess they managed it. So uh, Roy figures out. Um, sorry, go ahead. They probably just res- like rescued someone with high move. That's true. That's a very good point. Or used someone with high move to rescue. <laughs> rescue dropping strats. But no, that would that wouldn't yeah. work because they would have had to cross the desert. Oh, the flyers. Oh, they, they got, got flyers. flyers. They do got right? flyers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Pretty much everyone we see at the, uh, in chapter thirteen is dead. But I, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, um, Roy goes to the Mister Peninsula to try to rescue Cecilia, and when he gets there, uh. He's Cecilia is actually holding out pretty well. Like, you know, she's lost a lot of her guys, but she's managing to fight off the burn forces. And then Zephiel shows up and basically says, hold my beer. I'm going to take care of this. Uh, and that's where the chapter actually starts. We don't actually see the results of this until uh, I think it's like a turn or two in. But uh, so when when Roy first arrives, as far as he's aware, Cecilia is doing fine and he still has a chance to rescue her. And so, he, yeah, he's got this. He's got this. He's going to do it. He's going to win. He's going to save Cecilia. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess he does technically. But, <laughs> you know, she gets. Oh, yeah. Ooh, all right. Well, let's we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but um, that's what that's how the chapter starts. And the way this chapter is laid out is pretty straightforward. Uh, you're on one side of the map. Cecilia and her her the castle that you need to capture are on the other side of the map. And in order to get there, you need to cross two big bridges uh, and. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much that's pretty much all it is. Uh, one of the bridges is a little bit more out of your way, uh, but the other one, the one that is right near your starting position, is a little bit harder because there are ballista that are going to be able to pick off your weaker units or your flyers. So you know it's kind of like a pick your poison. I usually tend to split my army up and go, you know, one crosses the northern bridge, one crosses the uh, the southern bridge. The northern bridge also has another incentive. I get you can't really call it an incentive, actually. I wouldn't say, but it's uh, it, they try at least. Uh, you are technically able to get a recruitable character in this chapter, uh, and it's Percival. Percival is is one of the uh, generals of Etruria, and the game doesn't really intend for you to get him yet. You, you're usually supposed to wait a couple of chapters, but it is possible to get him here, and, and the way you do that is by uh, talking to him with either Lalum or Elfin, depending on the route you're on, whichever dancer you got. So if you're mm-hmm. able to get your dancer all the way to Percival before he leaves, because he does, he is on a time limit. Eventually, he will leave. Then uh, you'll be able to recruit him. And uh, well, yeah, I think we should save talking about him until chapter fifteen because that. Well, I guess I'll, I'm going to be the one doing chapter fifteen, but um, yeah, that's where most people are going to get him, and I think that's where he's he's definitely like at his most noteworthy. Because if you if yeah. you recruit him here, he doesn't get hard mode bonuses. Uh, uh huh. Yeah, it's funny. Like the risk reward is like horrible on actually getting him in this chapter. Yeah, and it's it's not 
Like, it's not easy either. Like, it's pretty tricky, I would say. Yeah, you gotta get your dancer all the way over to the, like, other side of the map. Like, complete opposite side of the map. Like, within eight turns. Um, and he does, uh, he doesn't even get hard mode bonuses on hard. Um, and if you do manage to recruit him, then you get him for, uh, chapter 14, which. You're just gonna bench him in chapter 14, and then 14x is like, yeah. it's, it's really not. And then 14x, he get, he gets trapped in like, the water. Exactly, right. So. It's not really worth recruiting him here. It's, it's actually a, a objectively bad decision, I would say. <laughs> uh huh. But you can do it, technically. Uh, if you want to like flex, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's 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 a good uh, a good way to like show that you're you're a fire emblem god if you can manage to get Lala Elephant all the way up there. I've never actually managed to do it before. I've gotten close, uh, but I've I've uh, I've either like completely whiffed because I wasn't trying, or the couple of times I have actually tried to go for it, I just like barely missed out on it. But I think it was one time where I was like I was mm-hmm. literally like within walking distance of him like with Lalum, but he left like that enemy phase. Yeah, I just don't really go to the north beyond uh, just grabbing the village and coming back. Yeah, I, I tend to prefer to sl- to split my army up. It's a little bit more exciting for me. Um, yeah. But going north can be can be a little bit tricky because there are some there are some tough enemies on this map. I would say that this is the map where the enemies actually start to get kind of hard. Uh, well, other than chapter seven, I guess. But like this is this is where it like begins and and does not stop. Um, there's like. Paladins on this map mm-hmm. with silver like, lances. Yeah, I think that's where you start getting like a couple squads of like a promoted guy and um, some unpromoted guys that hang out with them. Yeah, um, exactly. There's there's like multiple promoted enemies around now. There's I think there's a sniper or two. Um, with this, there's like silver weapons. There's killer weapons. There's flyers. There's there's a lot of tough enemies on this map, and. That mm-hmm. trend kind of like persists into fourteen and fourteen X as well to a certain extent. So uh, uh-huh. north can be kind of tricky because you have to deal with like multiple cavalier groups that are that are difficult to take down. But um, it's still fun. I still like doing it. Um, I think this time I sent uh, most of my guys north, and then like I sent like a smaller group of like my better combat units. Like Lou, Lou is probably my best combat unit. He kind of just like swept the the bridge on his own, the south the southern bridge, and then Marcus. Also helped out. Echidna was there. I'm still using Echidna. I haven't benched her yet. So, anyway, uh, I like this map. It's pretty fun, but it's also pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we just went through is basically the the gist of it. Um, yeah. After the first turn, however, we start to see some story content because uh, Zephiel walks up to Cecilia and just fucking ends her life, dude. It's really bad. He he <laughs> almost one shots her. And then to add insult onto injury, he fucking crits. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a hydrogen bomb versus coughing baby Literally. scenario. <laughs> she gets absolutely obliterated. Um, and somehow, somehow, she lives. She loses consciousness, and she's put in the dungeons. But she is alive, technically. Percival. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Props for that. Props for <laughs> props for living long enough to get. Healing, I Honestly, guess. yeah. Um, it's at this point that uh, Percival realizes that Burn was like kind of trying to dick them over the whole time and, and doesn't really want to deal with this anymore. So he orders a retreat. Um, 
and and you have a certain amount of time to this. That's the reason why he leaves because like he he's upset with Byrne for for doing something that they agreed they would not do. Guinevere is here. Oh yes, okay. I got this. There's actually like a lot of story in this map. Guinevere is yeah. in this castle with Cecilia, and basically when Cecilia goes down, Zephiel finds Guinevere and they have a conversation. And this is where we really get Zephiel's like motivation for the first time. I think uh, Guinevere's talked about it a little bit, but she has been very vague. And I think Zephiel just kind of like lays it all out here, which is that like he hates humans and humanity in general so fucking much that he is literally trying to wipe humanity off the face of the earth using dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all had days like that. <laughs> Every time I go onto Twitter, um, I, I turn a little bit into Zephiel, just a, just a tiny bit. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's, at this point, Guinevere is like, you're fucking insane, and, you know, any any chance that she had of this war ending peacefully is kind of just like, well, that's out the window. So, uh, he ends up uh, leaving. Uh, actually, no, 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 no. She, he's still there for a couple of turns, which is something I wanted to comment on. So, after another couple of turns, uh, Guinevere says to Milady. Milady is, is this character we've seen throughout the story trying to find Guinevere. She's Guinevere's like personal knight, and eventually Guinevere says, "Listen, please help me get out of here. I really need to go back to Roy." And Milady tries to like fight her for a bit, but then says, "No, you're right. I'll let you go." But I'm coming with you. Um, so Milady and Guinevere escape the castle and uh, go back to Roy. And at that point, we get uh, we get Milady uh, on our team. So let's talk a little bit about Milady. What do you think about Milady? Uh, she's pretty good. I think people know that she's pretty good. Yeah, I think I think she's definitely like a really well known character for for just how fucking strong she is. Um, yeah. Interestingly, she gets hard mode bonuses. This is something that people always think is weird because technically she's never actually an enemy because she never shows up on the map to fight you at any point. Uh, but she follows that rule that I outlined near the mm-hmm. beginning of, of why they, for whatever reason, this is the rule they, they follow to apply hard mode bonuses. If they join the map partway through as a red unit, then they get hard mode bonuses. I don't get it. I don't get why that's the yeah. reason, but it's it's... It, that's that's what it is. I think yeah, I think because she's like coded to be red like as an enemy for the one cutscene. Exactly. It applies the add x number of levels to her. 100%. That is that is exactly what it is. Um yeah. and yeah, so she does get hard mode bonuses and on hard mode she fucking slaps with that. I mean, she's really good on normal mode too. Mm. Um I I don't think that she's the best unit in the game on on uh, normal mode because I think other characters are comparatively better. I think Shanna is a lot better, for instance, and you've had we've had her for like way longer. I think Alan and Lance might be better, um, but on hard mode, she is pretty much undisputed best character in the game. Uh, I don't know about undisputed. Well, okay, there's uh, one th- just there's because one... like Rutger and Percival exist, but she's like I, an undisputed top five. I don't probably top three. I don't think that. Her versus Percival is even a question, personally. I think that the fact that Milady joins earlier has flight and has not, maybe not as uh, good yeah, that. that. Like, I think Rucker is a very good point. I do think that, that her versus Rucker is a very interesting discussion on who's better. Oh, yeah. I guess helping you for Arcadia is probably better than helping you for 
like any other map after exactly. that. Exactly, yeah, so. But, yeah, definitely top two. Yes. Um, now, I will say, on normal mode, she can be a little bit rocky at base level. Uh, she needs j- just a tiny little bit of investment uh, to get to get good. And by investment, I don't mean, like, like giving her levels or anything. If you just give her a speed wing and promote her immediately, then she's fine. Uh, but if you if you have been like me, I've I've made the mistake in many of my past runs of thinking Milady is kind of like mediocre because maybe not mediocre, but like not as good as people say she is because I've always tried to train her. She joins at level ten, and I've been like, okay, well let me try to get her like five or six levels before I promote her, and that's that's just a mistake. That's that's not going to end well for you. She doesn't do too well against the enemies if that's how you try to use her. Generally speaking, yeah. She's not cooking as just a plain old wyvern exactly. knight. Exactly. So she needs to be like a what ri- wyvern rider. It's, uh, it's right. wyvern. It's wyvern rider into wyvern knight. Wyvern lord. Wyvern lord. Yes, you're right. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. But yeah, so do yourself a favor. Give her a speed wing immediately, or at the very even if you don't want to give her the speed wing, at the very least promote her immediately with that Elysian whip that you're definitely not using. Even even if you didn't manage to get yeah. the the Elysian whip from. Uh, Tate's Pegasus Knights. You did also get a second one, and who are who else are you giving that to? <laughs> you know, like Tate. You gonna use Tate over Milady? Probably not. Um, and then by the time you get, yeah, by the time you get Zeiss, you can just buy more. So, uh huh. Yeah, you get these and whips are like the one item that you have plenty of. Yeah, they're the ones promo item you have plenty of yeah you get you get a total of three and there's only four unpromoted flyers in the entire game which is yes really fucking weird <laughs> with that out of the way um well and we're, obviously i'm gonna talk more about her character in a, in a later sss episode but for gameplay that's pretty much all i have to say about her i think you made a good point which is that arcadia uh, which is next map is really good to have more than one flyer on uh, preferably as many as you can as you can manage uh, so I always mm. like to bring Milady to uh, to Arcadia, even if I don't plan on using her long term. I usually just bring her anyway because like there's nothing wrong with just having an extra decent combat unit in in Arcadia who could fly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, after that cutscene, we get another one with uh, Zephiel basically telling Narshin to go to uh, Arcadia. Uh, he he tells. Narshin, take some dragons. I got some dragons for you. Have some dragons and go to this place in the desert that has a legendary weapon uh, and and just ransack the place until you find it. And then he leaves. And the reason that I thought that this was interesting and worth bringing up as like being after the Guinevere cutscene is that he doesn't even fucking like talk to her again after like before he leaves. He talks to her once. They have like a brief little conversation and then she just leaves entirely and he doesn't even fucking notice. <laughs> Which... I think it's... he's on the yeah, he's he's on the Sigma grind set. He's on that Sigma grind set. He's got the the Sigma stare, um, and I just um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those classic examples of like if 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 he was just a little bit more compassionate and in touch with his humanity, then he might have been you know he wanted would have wanted to talk to his sister one more time, and then maybe his entire plan wouldn't have fucking fell to pieces. <laughs> Could you imagine if he if he finds out that she's gone and she he just like is like all right well time to go get her back myself <laughs> and Roy has to fight him in like chapter thirteen. I don't think I want to think about that. <laughs> Things would have ended a lot differently, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm first soup. I'm sorry. I feel like I keep cutting you off because of the delay. Is there anything that I'm like leaving out that you wanted to talk about? 
Um, I don't think. Uh, I don't think so. I think kind of the one thing that I want to bring up about this map is, uh, I think you brought it up earlier, specifically about the like two bridges, and I think it kind of, um, like this plus uh Arcadia next map plus um like some of the later maps like twenty one. Uh, kind of made me realize, like, what I like about, uh, like, what I like in a map. Um, and I kind of like it when it has, like, multiple lanes for you to actually go down. So, like, you can kind of make the decision of whether to split your army, uh, or go down a specific lane or go down a different way, a uh, different lane. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, And it's something that I also really appreciate in a map being, being able, not, not just able, but also, like, incentivized to split your army, I think is, is a, a pretty good, indication of like a map being one that i will enjoy um, yeah it's it adds it just like it, it feels like there's a lot of different ways to go about it like when you it like uh when you replay it's not like you're playing that you you don't have to play the same map the same way every single time um versus something like maybe like when like an awakening or uh guiding open field where it's like kind of just go wherever do whatever, um, or even, like, something like Chapter 8, where it's just like, okay, we're just going down, a, a, like, a linear hallway the entire time. And there's some exceptions, like, I talked about, like, how much I like Endgame, which is pretty much just, like, a bunch of hallways, um, but it's a specific case. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I think, I think that's a, a really good point, um, being able to kind of pick your own your own way and and have each path feel distinct um, is important I think the the difference between yep. having different lanes and then having like a big open field like you said is is also like it gives you opportunities for like body blocking and and you know choking points and you know uh, yeah. maybe even like situations where you can move one care like a flyer from one area to the other you know things like that um yeah I don't know it's Basically, the yeah, the game is good when it's a MOBA and you are playing League of Legends. Please never say those words ever again. You will never be allowed <laughs> like, back on the podcast. <laughs> I got, I got you. <laughs> no. Um. Okay, but yeah, I think I think you bring up a really good point, and this is I, I I've been I haven't really said it yet, but uh, and my pretty short explanation of this map might have suggested otherwise but i do actually really like this map i think it's one of the better ones in the game personally yeah it's solid i don't think it's my favorite map in the game but it's pretty good it's like got a good layout um, a lot of good story content happens kind of keeps the map like feeling like you're you're constantly like stuff's constantly happening you know and yeah i think there's quite a bit of downtime on this map yeah i think this is might be the more the most story content that we've like, gotten in a single map in the entire game so far because we're not even we're not even done with it yet yeah and i kind of forgot that stuff keeps happening <laughs> after, um, after zephyl leaves after zephyl leaves beyond i guess percival leaving yeah i mean there's only there's only one other thing that we haven't talked about which is that uh so sophia okay. and cecilia um meet basically and and sophia is right. her back to health yeah i forgot that wasn't after the map yeah, no, they, they meet here, um, and Cecilia, uh, 
you know, says like, who are you? And she says, I'm a shaman, I'm a shaman of Arcadia. And Cecilia is like, I don't know what the fuck Arcadia is. And she's like, uh, well, we'll talk later. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's only a couple of, of things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's, there's a few, actually a few things that I wanted to, to talk about before we move on from this map. First of all, there's a village here that gives you a body ring and the body ring is, is an interesting stat booster because it boosts con, which is, uh, it's it's kind of I'm pretty sure FE5 had the had a build ring, but um, basically it lets you use heavier weapons. The reason I wanted to bring it up is because the villager here just has some funny dialogue where he says it'll make you big and strong, but it might it might make your women less attractive or something like that. <laughs> Which I yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the absolute coward of a, vil- a villager. Absolute fucking coward. You are so right about that. <laughs> um. Who doesn't yep. want a GF that can that can pick them up? To be honest, <laughs> yeah, and throw them across a room. <laughs> um, it's like the the top of the hierarchy of needs. You know who really understood that better than just about anybody I've ever met in my entire life is the guy the who? guy who desi- designed the generic NPCs from po- from uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Have you played Scarlet and Violet? Uh, remind me which gen that That's was. Nine. This is the most recent one. That's uh, Gen Nine. Uh, I have not. I haven't played Pokemon in like ten years. Okay. I think. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, for some reason, uh, like there's just so many huge, enormous women in in Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> um, and it's just it's just great. It's just fantastic. Just uh, I mean, like I know I know some of the shit like the. I don't know the generic NPCs. I know like the major ones. No, it's it's like a it's like, like a, a specific pot, body type of generic NPC is is just like uh, women, oh. but they're like like huge, <laughs> they're like built as fuck. Yeah, I mean I know uh, Ichikawa, the mon- uh, the mangaka Hosoki no Kuni designed some of those designs. Aren't all of the uh, the characters maybe Kisaki no Kuni isn't that uh, Land of the Lustrous? Yeah, Land of the Lustrous. Aren't all the characters in that like toothpicks? Yeah, so probably not actually. <laughs> I mean, maybe he wants to. Maybe he well, wants to diversify. Oh, she, but I don't know. They're all rocks. That's true. So. <laughs> it's like Steve. It's like it. They're pretty it's just solid. Like Steven Universe. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna make a bat. It, was it gonna... is just like <laughs> it is though. It's it's like uh, how Gintama's Family Guy Japan, Jose, uh, Land of the Lustrous is Steven Universe Japan. So true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Don't think that I that I am gonna let you get away with that. Uh, pretty solid joke about rocks. Either I wasn't gonna let that one slip by. Yeah, they're pretty. They're so they're solid. <laughs> Except for the ones that aren't and uh, like cracked super easy because it's based on the actual hardness of the actual mineral. Oh, that's interesting. I have to. I, I, I've yeah. wanted to read it, but I, I've also kind of wanted to wait until it's over. Which I mean, doesn't he take like mil- like <laughs> million year long hiatuses? It's like Hunter Hunter up in here. It's more like well, um, Ichikawa is a girl, oh, okay. so she, but um. It's like the um, they they took like a year long hiatus is probably like the longest one, and then they take like a couple like three months hiatuses every now and then, uh, and it's a monthly series in the first place. So 
kind of adds yeah, up. Yeah, no, that's. And then when the chapters drop, it's they're pretty <laughs> short nowadays, and not much actually is happening right now. Yeah, that's so. fair. It's and you could uh, hop on the anime. The anime is pretty good, okay. although it's a th- like a a three D anime, but it kind of works for this for that series specifically because it sounds funky. Yeah, yeah, I might I might give it a whirl. Anyway. Yeah, it's a cool show. It, yeah, it sounds good. Anyway, back to Fire Emblem. <laughs> um, yeah, so so rocks. So rocks. Um, uh-huh. I have written in my notes, Marcus Frowny Face, um, because I had an <laughs> attempt of this map where Marcus died because he got hit by, uh, like, three 45s in a row, um, and... It did, like it doesn't matter. I I ended up resetting that attempt anyway. I was gonna let Marcus stay dead, but then someone else died, and I was like, okay, time to reset. Um, so that I did not continue that attempt. Marcus is still alive and well. The reason I'm still bringing it up is because it did give me a, a reason uh, to talk about something that I've been meaning to talk about for literally every single episode since I started FE6, and that is the the change in the random number generator system. Um. This feels like a good place as any to talk about it since uh, it was a little bit extra. It, it adds a little bit of extra frustration to moments like these when you know how the RN works. So basically, uh, in every Fire Emblem game from 1 up to Thracia, if you have a 30% chance to hit, you have a 30% chance to hit. The game rolls a number between like 1 and 100 or 0 to 99, something like that. And if it lo- if it lands below your displayed hit, you will hit the attack. Now, the way things work now, or the way things work in, in FE6 onwards, is a little bit differently. It's a little bit different. Basically, the game rolls two random numbers and compares the average to your displayed hit. So the way the math works out is it's actually uh, a little bit more... It's a, it's a little bit skewed. So basically, numbers uh, displayed hits below 50 have a lower percent chance to hit than is what is actually displayed. And numbers above 50 have a higher chance to hit than what is displayed. So, like, a mm-hmm. 90% hit is actually closer to, like, a 99% hit. Um, yeah. And, like, 40 is closer to, I want to say, like, 33 or something like that, 25, somewhere around there. It's There's a whole there's a whole yeah. chart you can look up of, like, what the actual uh, numbers are. Um, yeah, essentially, it, it kind of just skews the extremes to being even more extreme. Exactly. So, like, uh, 80s and above are, like, way higher than 80. Like, uh, 90s are almost guaranteed. Um, Same with, like, 0 to 10, 10 to 20. I think around 45, that should still be about a coin flip. Yeah, I think, like, a a 45 is is probably, like, 41 or something like that. It's, It's definitely not as skewed. As you get closer to fifty, yep. and then of course a fifty is still just a fifty. Um, so. Yep. Now the reason they did this is, I mean, they never like gone on record about it or anything like that, but I think it's pretty easy to to see where they're coming from here because Fire Emblem is a huge game for displaying confirmation bias in action. Uh, basically, the idea that you're more likely to notice things that go against what your expectations are. So. If you see like ten nineties in a row hit, you're like, okay, whatever. That's just, like ninety is pretty much guaranteed, so that's normal. But the second, no matter even if there's been like a hundred ninety 
hits that you actually connect, the one that misses is going to stand out more to you because that's not what is supposed to happen. It's a 90, so it's supposed to hit, right? Um, and I think the, the Fire Emblem devs realize that people think this way, and so they make it so it's more likely for 90s to hit um, than it, it actually would be in reality. So instead of missing mm-hmm. one out of every 10 90s, you're more likely to miss one out of every 100 90s, which, you know. Yeah. That and percentages are just kind of hard to wrap your head around. Exactly. Now, it makes it sometimes it makes it even more frustrating when you're in situations like I was in with Marcus, where I know that that wasn't actually like, you know, 45 or 0.45 times three is like not that unlikely uh, or no, to the third power. Um, but knowing that that's actually closer to like, you know, 35 or 38, you know, that makes it just that little, ooh, sorry, that makes it just that little bit more frustrating. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of a blessing and a curse once you once you hear about it. But uh, yeah, and if you get hit by like a 15 percent, then it feels like you just got struck by lightning. Exactly. <laughs> because you honestly, you <laughs> you practically did, um, especially if it's like multiple in a row. Uh, the odds are extremely yeah. low because it's closer to like three or four percent chance to hit. Yeah, if you get hit by two 15%s in a row, then it's like that the gif of the dude getting struck by lightning like three times. <laughs> and then the last thing, finally almost done with this map. There's just there's a lot more going on in this map than in most maps. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is that this armory at the end of this chapter sells killer weapons, which is noteworthy because killer weapons are really fucking overpowered in FE6. They are as light and accurate or maybe not quite as light, but about as light and about as accurate as iron weapons, being as strong as steel weapons, and also they have 30% chance to crit, uh, just innately, which is fucking insane. <laughs> yep. And it stacks with uh, Swordmaster and also Berserker's 30% chance, like innate 30% chance to crit. Yeah, it's crazy. So definitely stock up on as many as you can afford to get here. Um don't be shy about it because it's like killer weapons and then later on you want to buy as many stat boosters and especially boots as you can uh, but really past that it's like you don't really need that to like save your money all that much mm-hmm. so um, now unfortunately they don't sell killer axes here for some reason it's just killing edges killer lances and killer bows um, but you know that's not the end of the world I guess okay Finally done with chapter 13, unless you have anything else you want to add. Uh, no. Like I said, I don't think I have too much to say about this map beyond it's pretty yep. good. Yep, that's valid. Um, oh, this is also where I, I grinded uh, Shin uh, to get to try to get him as close to Shin as possible so that I can have that uh, that split go either way when I get there eventually. But that took a while. Yeah. I, I, post, I think I posted on Twitter. There is a... Uh... Right, yeah, there is an arena in this map, yeah. I actually, I didn't use the arena, I used, um, I just, I, I boss abused him, which was a uh, lot slower, <laughs> um, but it also didn't require me to use safe states, and I tried yeah. to avoid doing isn't that. Isn't the, isn't the boss of this map a flyer? He's a flyer, yeah, and his name is Flyer, but my Shin was yeah. also, like, level 5 or whatever, he was base level still, so. Oh. He wasn't doing that much damage, and he has a spear, which are only 15 uses in this game. So it was really easy to break his weapon, and then he was just he was just chilling. The chapter ends. We see some cutscenes. Uh, we we find out that uh, you know Sophia meets Roy and says, "Here, Cecilia's doing all right. 
she's in good health and they, they chat a little bit. Uh, Sophia introduces herself as a shaman of Arcadia and kind of explains what Arcadia is. Um, I think the way that they present this is really funny. Roy's like, why would they, why would Burn want to go after Arcadia? And Sophia's like, I don't know, man. I have no idea. Although now that I think about it, maybe it has something to do with the fact that dragons live there. <laughs> um, and she, Roy's like, what? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> um, she's a little bit silly. She's just a little bit silly. Um, so Roy is going to go to Arcadia to stop Burn from doing whatever it is that she or that they that they want to do. So. That's the end of the chapter. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of story content in there, more than we've seen in a while, um, but not too complicated. Basically, just, you know, Guinevere is back, Milady is with her, and Burns going to Arcadia. That's That pretty much sums it up well. Okay, now, moving on to chapter 14, which is aptly named Arcadia. Roy decides that he's going to go to Sophia's village to try to stop Burn. However, in the process of getting there, they enter into a very vicious sandstorm. Um, and we kind of just leave them there for a second as we enter an enemy POV. Uh, we see we see that, well, this is not an enemy POV. It's the POV of some of the people inside of Arcadia. Uh, specifically, we don't know their names yet, uh, but it's Igreen and Faye. Uh, they're here. They're talking about, um, you know, what's going on. And the little girl here, Faye... Uh, basically wants to get captured by Burn because she really wants to see the outside world. That's like her her big thing is that she really wants to see what's going on out outside of Arcadia. Uh, but basically, she's not allowed to leave, so she has to stay there, and she's very frustrated by that. Um, and they kind of think for like I Green kind of like th- thinks for a second like how did they find this place? Like that's that's pretty weird. It's a bit strange that uh that they know that they know where we are. Um, and then she kind of like says, oh, well, it could be this, but it's probably not. And she doesn't really give us any insight onto what she's thinking about. Um, is this supposed to imply that it's I- Idun? I I don't know. I don't think I thought about it that much. I mean, it could... Like, maybe. It could be that. It could be um, her thinking about, like, I don't know like spies figuring it out because of her backstory and all oh, you know true true i didn't think about that but um it's possible so i i misremembered the story because i was i was just actually looking through some cutscenes from later in the game um for reasons that we'll get into later it has to do with, the, with that special that special third segment i was talking to you about soup um but i was looking uh-huh. through some of the the late game cutscenes and um I misrem- apparently I misremembered this. I I always thought that Idun was like in Arcadia at some point, um, and so that's that's how she found out. Like she like Idun just like tipped off Zephiel, um, but no, she never lived there. She was- uh huh. I'm I'm yeah. That wouldn't make sense because that, it would need to be after the scouring. Yeah. When a, like Arcadia would need to be founded after the scouring, and Idun was part of the scouring and was sealed in the scouring, so. I think she it's either she's talking about spies or talking about Sophia leaking it because Yeah, or maybe a Dune a Dune She was captured. probably has some like magic power to like sense dragons or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> um it could be it could be any number of things. And they Burn looked at the script. <laughs> what's that what's that in the sand over there? Is that the script? <laughs> okay. Um Zeiss is here. He doesn't do anything, but we meet Zeiss here for the first time. 
Um, I don't even think it's mentioned that he's Milady's brother, but he, he sure is here. And they talk about how Nar- the, uh, one of the guys who's with him is like, where's Narshin? Wasn't he supposed to help us? And Zeiss is like, yeah, Narshin fucking dipped, dude. He's, he's going to like do something else. He just told us to take care of it. And the guy's like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> like he doesn't want to deal with this shit. He literally does not want to deal with this shit. Um, like, the guy's like, does he really expect us to be able to do this alone? It's like, Narshin just is taking L after L after L in this game. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not... Uh, he, he's something. I just think about how many times Roy would have lost if Narshin was even, like, slightly competent at his job. Right. Um, okay. And that's how the map starts. Uh, we're in a desert. We're in fog of war. And Cecilia and Sophia have joined us. And, oh my god. It's Arcadia. Go raw fire. raw fire. Okay, I'll, um... So, I I, I don't want to put you too much on the spot here. So, I'll talk, I'll talk a little (laughs) bit about, about, I guess, why I don't like this map. Um, so I, I did mention to you, uh, Soup, at some point that uh, I ended up liking it more on this most recent playthrough than I have in the past. Um, that's not saying a lot, because for for a time, this was actually my least favorite map in the entire series. Uh, now, granted, at that point, I only had played, like, five games or four games, so my sample size was a lot smaller. But I've definitely softened on it a, a lot, and to, to the point where I don't even think it's the worst chapter in this game anymore. Uh, but it is still very much down there for me, and I, I don't care for it all that much because it, mostly for uh, because it combines two things that I really, really don't like, which is fog of war and sand. Um, I don't like sand. Rough, coarse, irritating gets everywhere. You know the whole bit. Um, it's uh-huh. it it's just not. It's just like tailor made to annoy me. Um, and and it it's also hard. Like that's the other thing. This is a hard map. There are enemies here that can kick your ass. Um, and it's led to to a lot of resets. Uh, I, I think when I was first playing the series, I, I think this is probably the map that I had to reset on more than any other like GBA map, maybe even some like Path of Radiance maps. Like this, this is for me. For, I think for like a blind player, this has got to be one of the hardest maps um, in the entire like back half of the series, or I guess like like from Thracia onwards. Yep. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I get that. Um. I would probably, like, uh, when I say, like, this is the best map in the series, I'm being hyperbolic. I don't even think this is my favorite map in um, 6, but I do like this map a lot. Uh, and, and like I said uh, in my answer to a previous question, it's probably, like, one of the Fog of War maps that I think works. Uh, it's probably, like, my favorite Fog of War map that I can think of. Like, I think... Like, on paper, um, like, it, it, like, combining Fog of War, like, with the mechanic that is annoying, uh, that's annoying and sucks, and Desert Maps, which is another mechanic that, that sucks pretty bad, um, I, I, I think the combination, like, oddly kind of works, um, because Fog of War typically demands you to, um, like, kind of, move slow and be careful like on its own like uh just because like oh you don't want to rush ahead and have to suddenly be in front of like 
like a bunch of strong enemies so you kind of want to move slow clump up and be careful um and desert maps which is like a mechanic that actually forces you to to move slow just because of your low movement and it kind of demands you to like actually plan your team around that um i think that i think it kind of actually works when you put the two together because um with like the low movement of of sand you're typically not going to be rushing forward and like running into a bunch of enemies like i think that's kind of the most annoying thing i can think of in like say chapter nine of this game where it's like oh i move forward and then suddenly like a nomad came out of the darkness and like sent my dancer not that you have a dancer in chapter nine but like sent my flyer or whatever i think like having sand uh kind of like weirdly prevents that so you can kind of like actually see the people in your movement because it's not just your movement that's restricted it's um the enemies like there are probably like a few exceptions to this like the the enemy wyverns which are a little bit of a dick move um but like overall i i think that it works it's kind of a little bit of a guide map in that you kind of have to know like what enemies you're facing and like this is kind of a problem with fog war that probably it would be nice if like they at least like in the prep screen showed you what enemies you'd be dealing with because there's like a few dragons in arcadia that you probably wouldn't know about beyond just like oh in the preamble they say oh they're dragons here but it doesn't really tell you that they're enemy dragons so you might not know to bring like a worm slayer or something but like they have pretty low move it's not super hard to go around them um but i mean like if you did want to take them out then uh, it'd be nice to know that beforehand so you can at least strategize um around that it is definitely a hard map and on like repeat playthroughs that's something i appreciate about it i like that it's kind of like this map in the middle of the game that you kind of have to strategize your run around like you you need to have some kind of answer for arcadia and that kind kind of determine like how you build your team for the mid or even the whole game like Oh, do I want to use like two flyers here? Should I bring a couple mages so that they have an easier time moving around in Arcadia? I like having those like types of milestone maps where it's kind of like, oh, I need to plan at least part of my run around this and like actually think about what I'm going to do here. Uh, I think that's kind of like a good exercise to have in your strategy game is to kind of have like something that you need to strategize for beyond just strategizing the whole run around end game i think that's pretty boring and doesn't really give you like that in the middle of the run it's kind of like like boring it's kind of hard like to like oh i've i've uh, it's nice to kind of have this map in the middle it's like oh it's uh, this is kind of what i've been building up to at least for like the mid game section and now i can start working on my end game strategy afterwards i like the and this might be something where ta we talk a little bit more in depth later is i like the um hidden items as a uh side objective 
um, particularly because kind of gives you incentive to move your thief around, deliver, uh, bring a thief, move them around deliberately, and to make sure you get all the items. And I prefer that to a side objective like, say, a village, uh, because again, that runs into, oh, I'm rushing towards this village, but I just ran into a bunch of strong enemies that I didn't know about. With the hidden items, they're not really in danger of being, uh, like, stolen, um, which means you can kind of take your time, but you still need to get it all done before the turn limit. And in general, like, it's nice, like, to have a hard, like, a hard map like this in the middle of the run. It's kind of nice for repeat, repeat playthroughs. Um, I like how challenging it is. It's, I think it's generally manageable if you kind of, treat it like the lane strategy that I talked about and kind of just have your army intentionally move like up or over and have like a consistent plan. Like I typically just go up and over and it's not too bad. Um, and then kind of just work my way back down once I get to the actual village. I get like, I get that it's like for new players, like blind players, like this map is like kind of a dick move. Um, because in this case, the fog of war is just like punishing to people that like don't know the map and the desert terrain, it like makes it difficult to correct for mistakes. I, I, I would like this map more on, in the context of repeat playthroughs than actual first time playthroughs, but have like having played FE6 a bunch, like this is, uh, like the, this is a map I really like. I think it comes together really well. Well, uh, you did it, I think. I mean, not really. <laughs> I was right. going to say, you managed to you managed to sell me on this map. Not quite, but I do think you make a very, very compelling argument for a lot of its, a lot of its qualities. Uh, I, 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 would, I agree with a lot mm-hmm. of what you said. And the, the perspective of, of um, the fog of war and the sand individually being two awful mechanics that, like, but that they complement each other surprisingly well, I, that's not something that I'd even considered before and i think that's a, a very very good point yeah i mean honestly yeah. i i i think i touched on what i don't like so i don't really have much to counter there uh, that i yeah. haven't already said I, I think it's it's just a matter of like how like like for me it's it's just inherently frustrating when i when i forget like where the dragon is and i move shanna like in his range and she just gets fucking blasted um and and my shanna could live a live a hit from the dragon but then like you know a wyvern could come and hit her with a javelin or something like that so it's um uh-huh. it's it's just fog of war is just like i think if it was just the desert part i'd be like fine with it um but i think the fog of war um just adds a certain level of of difficulty that in a way that i don't care for very much um yeah but I do, I, I do think that there's a lot going on in this map. I, I agree that the desert items are a great concept for a side objective that I'm glad to come back in like many subsequent games. I think it's, uh, every game from now until, uh, Radiant Dawn, I think has, has some form of this. Um, which is a shame that they kind of like dropped it and let, oh, even, um, FE, FE 11 skips it because I don't even think there is a desert map in 11, but, um, 12 there are desert items and in fact i think there were in three as well so like half the games in the series have this concept and i'm i'm happy for that because i think it's a cool one. yeah i especially I, I especially like and this can segue nicely into talking about um 
the are the characters that uh join us for this map um the objective specifically of getting Sophia to the end because she is the only one who can successfully get the guiding ring uh is interesting and I like it because Sophia is just a fucking garbage character uh so having to basically play the the chapter like an escort mission adds an extra layer of, of yeah. interest. I mean, you don't really have to because you could theoretically just clear out all the enemies and like rescue dropper. But there are also enemies that come from behind you. We get these two like brigand bosses that come up after a certain number of turns that um move pretty slowly. And if you're playing at a good pace, you don't really have to worry about them. But like if you decided to just leave Sophia behind at the start, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I th- I think it's an interesting uh an interesting idea. Um, and there's, there's a lot of cool aspects to it, but yeah, I, I, I respect where you're coming from on this one for sure. I don't fully agree, but I think you make some very, very compelling arguments. Here. Yeah. Um, I think I, I can definitely agree that I feel like maybe the fog of war isn't as necessary as the actual desert part. Um, and the fog of war kind of helps to like, give it a, a like one, make it a little bit tougher and two give it like a good sense of like place like one thing i i, I probably didn't bring up when i in in the context of this map because it's more of a almost story type thing is that when you actually get to the village i think that's kind of like a pretty good like oh i i made it i'm safe and it gives you kind of like a good sense of feeling like you're actually like like in that like sandstorm i think it's it's good at communicating through gameplay, like the actual feeling of trying to like like brave the sandstorm. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I I, I agree. I think that a lot of these ideas this is almost reminds me of, of uh a lot of my thoughts on Thracia, um because I think that there's so many cool ideas here that I think work well, but it's just, it, for me it's just not enough to justify mm-hmm. the the frustration. Um, but I can absolutely see why it would be. Yeah for you and i I think that this you've definitely sold me on on certain aspects of this map that i hadn't really considered before Mm -hmm. so it's a good map and then that all goes down the window out the window when a brigand boss shows up out of the darkness and one shots my (laughs) lair exactly bro um that's yeah you know it's 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 like oh man this this chapter is like so interesting i really like the feeling of uh, being able to to get through the sandstorm oh that hero just fucking crit Shano with his killing edge. I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll reset. <laughs> and, and if this wasn't on, uh, this map would probably go down like a bunch of tiers if FE6 wasn't emulatable. Oh, true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like for, for like safe states, you mean? Yeah, uh, for safe states specifically. I don't know if speed up's helping you too much here. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also, I, I think, um, when I first played through this, I don't think I used save states. Like when I was when I was still like new to emulation, mm-hmm. I don't. I tried to like avoid using save states. Um, I've I've definitely made it like way like, yeah. less so now. Um, and and having played FE six so many times, I know where everything is. So I was able to get through without save states. Uh, on my on on this playthrough, um, without too much. I think I had to reset like four or five times yeah probably, which isn't too bad by my, by my yeah if this if this game gets a remake like uh, if but um it'd probably be like forever if it happens but it would definitely benefit a lot from a turn wheel mechanic yeah i think so 
I think you, you could absolutely make that argument. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so a couple things that you are you already touched on, but I wanted to elaborate on a little bit. Um, this chapter does have a guidance attached to it, and the requirement is that you need to beat it in under... Let me check. It's 25, it's 25 times. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely 25. I think this is like the map where it's probably most relevant because you need time to run around and the one you need time to like actually make it all the way through. I think this is probably the one that I stress out about the most, but it's not actually the map is smaller than you think it would be. Yeah. Um, because it's like, Oh, I got to make it all the way through this desert. within 25 turns, but it's not that hard, especially if you, Try to pick off the heroes in advance from underneath the ledge. Yeah, yeah. I um, I usually I, I'll have Shanna and Milady go around and and kind of uh, take out those heroes as best as I can. Yeah, I try to like chip yeah, at them. Exactly. Okay, and then so the other requirement is that Sophia has to be alive. Um, which I think is I they, they see that's the thing. The game doesn't tell you this, so I can't really say it's a good incentive. But the fact that you need to uh Sophia to get to the end to get a guiding ring which is like one of the rarest promotion items in the game I think is is a, like most people if they know about that are going to keep her alive anyway but that's the thing the game doesn't the game doesn't tell you that you're supposed to do that so uh-huh um same with the, the desert items right like a lot of the stuff we take for granted because we have the wad page pulled up but like you're not like the only indication that you get about the desert items, like the location of them. I mean, Sophia tells you about them at the start, but she doesn't say anything about like where they are. And then if you get to the end, there's a house where they're like, look, uh, look around the bones. And it's like one item near some bones and it's the silver card. <laughs> I mean, the silver card's a pretty is, good yeah, item. But, that's, but you're missing, you're gonna... missing the boots, you're missing a speed wing, you're missing the warp staff. I think it was. Yeah, the, the warp is just in a completely like unmarked corner. Yeah. And then there's the, uh, there's the, the, also a talisman, a silver blade, and a silent staff, all of which are, like, you don't really need, I mean, I guess the, uh, the, the talisman uh-huh. is an extra pair of boots, so that's pretty good, but. Yeah. And it's easy to kind of, like, walk past them without realizing, because it's a random chance to pick it up if you're not exactly. a thief. So. If it was guaranteed for everybody, I think it'd be, I mean, I still like it, you know, like I said, I'm very positive about it, but I think I would like it more if it was guaranteed, or at least, like, a very high chance for everybody you know mm-hmm. yeah i wouldn't mind if the chance was higher um i like that uh, i don't like i don't mind that it's random mostly because you probably want to bring a thief anyway for visibility right you just like plop astor on this map and he should be like decently equipped to handle yeah, it especially there's um, a lot of acts oh well, i guess there's not a lot yeah of what users, i but like towards the end with the brigands i guess what I typically do is, like, two flyers, deploy a Pegasus, and then have the Pegasus fly the thief around while Milady deals with, is the one that deals with enemies. You see, I did that, kind of, except instead of deploying, I've deployed Milady and Shanna for combat, and then I, I deployed Tate for probably the first and only time for this playthrough, at least, uh, to, to fly uh-huh. around Astor. Yeah, and that works. And then I guess we, we kind of put the cart before the horse here a little bit, but let's talk about the two units that we get on this on this chapter. Who do you want to start with? 
we already we already talked a little bit about Sophia. So how about yeah? Her? So Sophia is a, a dark mage or sh- a shaman, and her stats are just abysmal. Like she has worse yeah. base stats than Cap, who I already said had like some of the some of the un- unbelievably lowest base stats in this entire fucking game. Um, she can technically contribute more than a lot of your other characters because she can move her full movement in the desert. Magic units are unaffected by the desert terrain, in case you didn't know, but uh, she is one of those. She can walk up to the enemy and have like a 45% chance to hit and do three damage uh, and get one rounded. So uh, really great contributions there, Sophia. <laughs> really, really liking that they gave you to me on this map. She is not very good. That's another statement. I I I think <laughs> that you can make an argument that she is one of the worst characters. I think you can. She is unquestionably one of the worst characters in the entire series. I think that you could make an argument that she is yeah. the worst character in the entire series. I don't think I would agree with that. I think there are some that are that are worse, but she is like easy bottom five or ten for sure. Yeah. Um. She's the. She definitely feels like she was designed to be a fetch quest for this map and this map only and they didn't really consider like you using her after this map yeah her, her growth rates aren't even that good right so even she can't you can't even yeah her growth rates aren't even that good it's like it's kind of a joke um i think she's legit a joke character yeah like let's let's 60 60 percent hp 40 or 55 percent magic is pretty good but then 40 skill 30 speed uh, and then 20 luck, 20 defense, 55 resistance. So she's she's just not very good. Um, she gets one shot by like everything. Yeah, you're just a, it's supposed to defend her for this map and then get your guiding ring and cash out. <laughs> um, I think if like if I were uh, armchair game designer moment, but I think if I were designing this game, I'd instead of probably how I would design her is essentially she's like this on this map and then once you get her to probably about where the guiding ring is or after the map like maybe she gets like a perf that gives her excuse me dragonstone effects oh. so that way like essentially the idea is like you fetch quest her through this map and then she becomes useful interesting so that way you keep you keep the fetch quest incentive like the fetch quest side quest or the fetch quest um side objective of this map and then uh, she's usable after that. Either that or just, like, get her flat stat bonuses afterwards. That, that would be really cool, honestly. But as is, she's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, no, she's really fucking awful right now. Um, I, I would like to mention this more so for, for Rey and especially for, for Nime than for her. Um, but I think, I think uh, giving a shaman the body ring is probably, like, the best use of it. Because... They only, like, the Dark Tomes are still very light, but they are heavier than Anima Tomes, and uh, all of the, the users of them get weighed down just a little bit. So, um, like, if you give if you give Rey a body ring, he can use Nosferatu without getting slowed down, basically, which makes him actually, like, a pretty decent uh, tank, because he can now double with Nosferatu a lot of the time, at least on normal mode. And Nime especially benefits from this because she, like, with a with a body ring and maybe like an angelic robe, she actually turns into like a really good combat unit. Um, with uh with dark tones, which is pretty cool. Um, but I get like the same concept applies to uh to um uh what's it? Sophia. Um, you give her a body ring, she can like 
she doesn't get weighed down by she doesn't get weighed down by flux anymore <laughs> she still gets weighed down one by nosferatu um but flux at least she can she can use so if you, I, i'm not saying you should but like if you want to use sophia because she is like kind of important to the story and and you know you might want to use uh-huh. her body ring is probably like a good this is this is a rare instance where it's like you it's it's a very uh i guess not clear cut what's the word i'm looking for it's it's one of the easiest allocations of your stat boosters i would say uh-huh i think Sophia's probably gonna need a little <laughs> bit more than just the body ring but you know it's a start i think you might be right about that I don't, you give her the speed wing that you get in yeah. the chapter pog it's like speed wings, skill book, probably magic dust. Uh, every angelic robe. And then she's, yeah, every angelic robe, and then she is half decent. But she's like almost on par with raise based stats. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Sophia sucks. Uh, Cecilia though. Cecilia is interesting. Um, Cecilia mm-hmm. sucks for this map for sure because she's on a horse. Yeah. She's a Valkyrie, uh, promoted troubadour like Clarine. Uh, and because she's on a horse, she gets really slowed down by the desert. Uh, but after the desert, she can actually start contributing a lot more. She is a pretty mobile staff bot. She has honestly pretty bad stats, but magic mm-hmm. in this game is really good. Um, for some reason, all the magic users just suck ass. Um, but, but magic in general is like, I mean, that's probably why, right? Like, because they want to balance it a little bit. Magic is light. It's accurate. Um, it can, uh, you know, it can let you attack without eating a counter. So magic itself is just, like, really good in this game. It's probably the best weapon type, I would say. Um, and Cecilia can use it, and she has a pretty good rank in it. So uh, there are uh, reasons to use Cecilia, especially as, like, a filler unit for the time being. Um, but in this map, obviously, she's going to—it's it's kind of—she's kind of notorious for having, like, a really bad first impression. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of notorious for being written off because of— like this map, um, in general, their combat stats aren't really that good, but she can, she does start with staff rank, which is a good thing. It's really, in this game specifically, it's pretty, uh, mind numbing to actually raise your staff rank because it's not like, and like some of the later, like GBA and other Fire Emblem games, like you can gain, extra like staff experience points by or like staff weapon experience by using certain types of staff so like generally the strategy is like just use barrier charges to build up your staff rank in this game it's just like no one charge is one weapon experience no matter what staff or what yeah, weapon every, everything from so, heal to warp is <laughs> one one weapon exp yeah so it's kind of mind-numbing to build it up so starting with staff rank is pretty significant um and being on a horse and having staff rank is also is significant right um i think that she's she's yeah i mean i think she's she's decent she is a a, the epitome of a decent filler unit she's not great but she's not bad either she does her job does her job um now i think i think people like to this is more of a meme i think than anything else but a lot of people also shit on her for being this bad um, as the Mage General of Etruria. Because next game, we meet uh, the previous Mage General of Etruria, Pent. And he is, like, one of the... <laughs> probably one of the single... He's probably the best character in the game, like, in a vacuum. Like, discounting availability. Um, but even then, he's still, like, pretty high up there. At least in terms of his raw combat stats, he's he's excellent. But 
obviously we can't really hold that against Cecilia because at the time that this game was made, Pent did not exist yet. I guess technically he did because he gets mentioned in uh, in a few of the supports because he's Clarine and, and Klein's dad. Uh, but you know what I mean. They were. They should have been cooking. <laughs> they should have been cooking. Why is? Uh, I mean, I guess Klein and and Clarine are both like perfectly fine units, but they're definitely not cooking as much as uh, as much as Pent was. <laughs> They did not get the superhuman genes. They get the exactly. Louis genes. Yeah, I mean that's basically. I have some other stuff written down here, but it's really not that important. Um, I think we can we can just we can go ahead and end. Do you have anything else that you wanted to say about this chapter specifically? Uh, no, I kind of got my thoughts out in my like big <laughs> rant. You don't you don't want to mention the boss, uh, Randy? Die by the sword or by Randy? I didn't even realize that was his fucking name. Hold on. <laughs> I did not notice that. Oh my god, you're right. It, it, like this is—he's not really like a a crazy boss. Like arguably, the like the dragons and the maybe the berserkers are more threatening than this guy. Yeah, I, I would say but, definitely so. Especially so. So the way the I guess this is a good opportunity to talk about the light brand. I did I did write it down, but I was like, yeah, do we want to talk about it? But we can mention it. Um, so the light brand is a type of sword. Uh, that does magic damage at range so that sounds great except it doesn't do like damage that hits your resistance it does a flat 10 damage always uh, i think at least maybe that can be mitigated no i think it's just i think it's just 10 damage straight up it's like the the lightning sword from uh guided and, and shadows of valentia so it's pretty like if you're he's fast like he can he can double a lot of your guys but if you're able to just eat the 10 damage or if you're like pretty bulky and you can go up to fight him in close range and he doesn't do that much damage he's he's pretty easy he's like not he's not really that hard of a boss um it's it's one of the curses of of swords in in the gba games maybe not so much in this game because it's less relevant but in in seven and eight especially the fact that swords do not have a good viable one two range option is really annoying and makes makes sword units a lot worse in seven and eight than they would be otherwise uh, but of course, his name is Randy, which I don't know if that is what you were talking about, Spike. But Randy is a is one of my favorite characters from yeah. Trails, uh, which I need to shut up about. Although to be fair, I didn't I didn't bring it, it up. Was, this time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was like, like him and uh, Titania were the server Abby for like yeah a while. <laughs> so I know I know about yeah, Randy. Randy's, Randy's and I even that one even caught me off guard when I was playing it. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Trail, the literal trails jump scare. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of chapter fourteen. In fact, that's basically like like they just walk into the place and be like, "Hey, uh, where's the legendary weapon?" And Sophia's like, "It's over here." And they're like, "Okay." And then that's the end of the chapter. Um, the beginning of next chapter gives yep. us some some additional lore, um, which I guess we can we can just go ahead and get straight into that, which is chapter fourteen X, the Infernal Truth, which I think is a fucking sure. cool ass name for this chapter. <laughs> it, it, it the name is cooler it than the map. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a very good map, but uh, one thing at a time. Um, so there's an o- an oasis under the desert. There's a lot of water down here. Uh, it's all groundwater apparently, and it's how the city of Arcadia can have so much like greenery. Like you'll notice if you're playing the map, you'll see there's like palm trees and, and grass. Um, and this is kind of how a lot of that is able to, to manifest. Um, 
we get some lore mm-hmm. about the j- just as we did with uh Roland. We didn't really get anything about about um Durbin, is that his name? We don't really yeah. hear much about him in 12X, I don't think. No. It kind of remedies that because we learned about that in 7. That's true, yeah. Um unfortunately like Ath- Athos, we get some lore about him, but unfortunately we never hear anything about Athos ever again. Mhm. Uh, so we find out that Athos, uh, found, what it is, he found out that the dragons were living here, dragons and humans were living together, um, and realized that they would be unsafe if they were out in the public, so he led them to Arcadia and, and sealed the weapon away here and made some sandstorms to try to keep people away. I don't remember how much of that is in this game and how much of that is in, is in Seven, but basically Athos helps them set up this village in the desert to keep them safe from people who would want to hurt the dragons. Yeah, I think they mentioned that here. They at least mentioned the the part about uh, him founding Arcadia, I guess, and then sealing the weapon. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Okay, Um, I think this map is funny, because if you think about, like, there there's environment i would say environmental hazards in every at least most of the gaiden chapters uh, in this game there's obviously the the lava tiles in 8x there's the poison in 12x and here we get um like those are like natural phenomenon like you can understand how they're happening this is like the temple is it, is it supposed to be like the tide or like what's going on here? Was it designed this way? What's I wouldn't what's I wouldn't put too much stock in the the element thing because it, when we get later in the game, it's just like like in twenty a or twenty x. It's just like oh, there's just a bunch of walls. <laughs> in, walls. In, that's the that's the earth element one, dude. Yeah, twenty x b. There's just a bunch of nomads. That's the nomad element. Yeah. <laughs> The Avatar, wow. Master of Earth, Water, <laughs> Nomad, and Air. Exactly. Um, okay, so, yeah, I mean, I think they, they dropped this... Co- I, I I think it's definitely something that they were thinking about, because it's it's a very clear pattern for the first four, so I think that they, they definitely had the idea for this conceit, um, but then they dropped it for whatever reason. I mean, 21X does have... Yeah, because uh, they ran uh, out of ideas for gimmicks, I guess. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the the, the element of, of dragons and chests is, is the one that 21X is based around. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so the gimmick of this one is that as you go through the, the map, there are pathways all around the map that are going to be routinely blocked off by water, basically, submerged. Uh, sometimes to the point where you cannot cross those sections anymore. Uh, you're going to want to bring flyers here um, because they're going to make things a lot easier. Actually, I, I should say that a lot of people choose to warp skip this map. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's honestly, we were talking about this the other day, Supa, how yeah. you don't really do that, but um, uh-huh. I think it's pretty common to, to just warp skip because it's yeah, a pretty was, easy one. I was thinking about that. I feel like uh, you could definitely afford the warp here. I was thinking you had less warp charges than you actually do. Um, yeah, you get five, and but then you also have three hammer users yeah, that you so, can just use. So on like, uh, you have twenty total. You could probably you only need you need two at least for a warp skip because boss killer and then Roy. Yeah. Exactly. And this so, one is like the throne is close enough that you could probably get 
get by with just two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, this this map wasn't actually that bad to play straight, though. I mean, it was a, it was a little obnoxious, uh, get my units getting stuck because I had to just, like, sit in the water was annoying. Uh-huh. But after a certain point, it was like, okay, my, my strongest guys are, like, leading the charge, and the ones that ended up getting stuck were characters like Roy and, like, like Lilina, who just aren't able to keep up as well. Um, so it didn't really matter all that much. I was able to... to like my combat guys were all were all fine and then um i think the the biggest thing i don't like about this map is that there's like a huge section of open unused space i don't yeah. know what that's about there's like two enemies over there uh-huh i talked i talked about the lane concept which i think in chapter 13 like obviously done pretty well in arcadia even even if it's not as obvious you still have like you can go um up and then to the right or right and then up would be kind of like your two lanes there. In this one, I think the intent was you can either just go straight up or over and across. I don't know why you wouldn't just go straight up, though. And typically, by the time you actually get down there, because they have like the like multiple bolting people, so you kind of have to take that first section pretty slow if you're playing it straight. Um, by that point, that like your actual pathway to go over in that direction is like blocked off by water so you're kind of screwed so it's kind of you just never go that way yeah i don't yeah i i didn't even realize that that was i mean you might be right i i think that that is a, a because if you look at the yeah if you look at the map layout on in something like wad um like that looks more like a reasonable map but when you're playing it like you the the tiles just get disintegrated before you can actually go over there yeah no i see yeah okay i see what you're i see what you're talking about now yeah that's weird that's it's very strange um i mean maybe maybe they um i guess they because the the ones that lead straight up are like they go pretty quickly so i guess the idea is maybe you're supposed to try to like get there fast but then if you fuck up then you can go around Maybe. I've never understood the pattern of when they actually yeah, I turn don't know off either. and on. Yeah. I don't know. I just fly scared. Yeah, I th- look at, look at, yeah, exactly, right? Like, you bring Shanna and you bring Milady and they can carry people around. It, it makes things a lot yeah. easier. Maybe even Tate, if you feel like using her. Just drop a Rutger in the middle and watch him, <laughs> like, nuke him. Exactly. Or, or Lou, in my case. Um, my Shin... Despite the fact that I've I was only using him just to try to get as much experience as possible so that I can I can easily switch between Ilya and Sakai when the time comes, my Shin is like fucking really really good. <laughs> He's getting like such good level ups. He's just really good. Period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't really usually use him. Um, I don't I don't know why. I don't I don't really like the using the nomads as much or the mounted archers. Uh, I don't. For whatever reason, I've just never found them super mm-hmm. fun. Um, but I, this I, time, I'm giving it a shot. I feel that I didn't used to use them a lot, but I feel like in recent years, I've become a bit of a bone uh, eye enjoyer. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Uh, oh, and the, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that you mentioned uh, the bolting tomes. The bolting tomes in this chapter are fucking obnoxious. They do so yeah. much damage. And the the sages that have them are so strong. 
I don't know. Yeah, just, um, you don't really. I, they kind of suck here. You don't really have a good way of dealing with them beyond exactly. just warping or like rescue dropping someone close enough to deal with them on the next turn. But like, I feel like if you get a silence, I pretty sure you get a silence staff in Arcadia, and I think that's how you're supposed to yeah. do it. But oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You might be right. That's actually I kind of like that now. Actually, if that's what the intention was. But I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, that's what the intention is. But the problem is that uh, I'm not sure if it, this is like a six exclusive thing. I haven't really thought about staffs in the other GBA games that much. But the hit rate is based on res. And the sages have a lot of res. So, like, good luck actually hitting them with the silent staff. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Okay, so that's basically it for this chapter. It's it's not super hard. I mean, it's it's actually quite easy, uh, and it's a little bit annoying, but it's not that bad. I've I've definitely I definitely have had worse. I think I think it's probably not saying much, but I think this is probably the best guidance so far, personally, just because there like are multiple ways to deal with it. I don't know. Um, mm. They just all they just all suck is the problem. <laughs> I don't like this one that much. It's not like the worst guidance map in the game. Definitely. They're way, yeah. they're way, way, way worse ones coming up, but um, I'd probably take, I don't know, 8x over this, or it just, yeah, maybe um, 12x, just because they're a little bit less painful. I think 12x I just, uh, <laughs> I, I really don't like 12x. I just don't like my getting my dude stuck in the water. That's fair. It's like yeah, annoying I didn't, I didn't when like I'm trying to. And the the tiles just feel too random to me. It's just like, how am I, like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to plan around this. Yeah, no, I got you. That's that's valid. It's it's definitely not good. Um, I just I just hate yeah. 8x and 12x slightly more, I would say, personally. Sure. And I'm also more offended by them bringing this gimmick back in, in <laughs> 7 than 8 or 12. Yeah, because like at least at least eight and twelve, uh, you are actually like in those places in FE seven. Yeah. So like, of course they're gonna bring the gimmicks back. Um, you you're in a completely different fucking place in the when they use this gimmick in seven. I don't get what that's about. Yeah. If they really wanted to like, the, you there are cutscenes in seven that take place here. <laughs> like like they if they really wanted to have a have a this gimmick come back, they could have just done it there. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean, there is a map where you're in uh, Nevada. Yeah, and then so you're close enough. Yeah, and and afterwards they like when they talk to to Athos. Um, spoilers, I guess. When they talk to Athos in seven, they are like in this in this like underground oasis, right? So, or at least like you know a place that's very similar. Anyway, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Um, you beat the chapter. Uh, the guy, the boss here is like an old man, and his because he's a sprite, his his or because he's a sage, his sprite has boy shorts, um, which people think is very funny. I I also think it's very funny. Uh, but once you beat the chapter or beat the bosses, you can just see his. That's the end of the chapter. Um, you rescue the people from Arcadia. There's some dragons. I'm pretty sure it's like all dragons at this point, which makes sense because like all of the pure humans would have died a long time ago. Um, so it's like mostly dragons at this point, and then they just talk. They talk about what's going on. Um, what's this? Sophia? Is it Sophia that says that she senses she senses some kind of twisted force 
out in the out in the world. Yeah, I'm not. She does that at some point. Yeah, it's either Sophia or I. Green mentions it. I don't know. Someone someone says like there's something bad going on out there, and we wanna we wanna help take care of it. So I, I think Green, Sophia would be the one that senses it. I I wouldn't be surprised if I. Green says something like, "Oh, Sophia says she senses this." Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually what it is. Uh-huh. Right. Um. So I. Green offers to come with you. Oh, uh, there's a little tidbit here about how. There are not supposed to be dragons outside of Arcadia. Like, all the dragons outside of Arcadia, Arcadia supposedly should have died a long time ago. So, they're not sure, like, where these guys are coming from or, or what the deal with that is. Uh, but that's just, like, a little nugget uh, for, for foreshadowing for, for where we find out that these dragons are not uh, natural dragons, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Igreen joins your group. Um, and we'll talk about her, or I'll talk about her at the beginning of the next map. Um, Faye also asks to come, but sa- you know she gets told no, and so she's like, "Well, fuck you guys, I'm coming anyway." And sneaks out after them. Uh, so we're gonna have to deal with that in the in the next map. Um, and yeah, that's that's the end of the story so far. I have written here in my notes benching Shanna, uh, and the reason I have that written down is because I realized. That if I want any chance of having Shin catch up to her and experience, I just need to not use her for the next three maps. Um, and even then, that might not work, but uh, I'm going to try anyway. It might be a problem because I don't think there are any arenas after this point before 17. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can um, I can boss abuse. I can give him like a bunch of kills. I'm thinking about just like soloing the next few maps with, with Shin or like like getting rid of most of the promoted enemies with him at least yeah um, you probably find if if worse comes to worse you probably find uh someone whose save starts in chapter 17 yeah that's a good point i'm sure i'm sure i could uh i'm sure i could figure something out but yep doesn't really matter all that much okay yep. interesting set of chapters uh we got one that we both agree is pretty bad. We got one that we both agree is pretty good. And then we have one where you mostly like it. I mostly dislike it. But we can both kind of like see where the other person is coming from. Which I think is a interesting ground for discussion for sure. Yep. Yeah, 14 is uh, quite uh, quite infamous for being pretty split there. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so normally... Uh, after after the chapter discussion, I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to add about these chapters in general? Uh, I feel like I probably should have mentioned this at the start of fourteen X, but when does Athos? Uh, I guess spoiler for FE seven. When does Athos manage to steal four blades? I watched that dude die with it. Like I was right there. <laughs> uh, Hector and Ella would obviously go back and then take care of it. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Hawkeye brings it back, bro. Come on. They should have said Hawkeye brings it back then. <laughs> they should have, honestly, right? Well, um, were they? They should have. Uh, they should have been planning this out since FE one, bro. No, there's no exactly. excuses. There are a lot of plot holes in, yeah. in FE seven, and that is <laughs> definitely one of them. But I'm just giving you a hard time. It is a very valid question. Okay. Now, normally, after we talk about our chapters, um, we did this for the last episode that Soup is here. We did it for the chapter or for the episodes that Spike uh, was around. 
we usually just say goodbye and and you know you take off and I'll handle the rest of the episode on my own. Now this time I wanted to do things a little bit differently and uh, I came up with a little game that I thought would be fun to play since I have a guest here um, and uh, I was gonna you know go through the rules with you and uh, and you were gonna give it a crack. So does that sound good? You ready to start? Yep, I was born ready. Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, the name of this game is Oh My Lord, and essentially what's going to happen is I'm going to, uh, I've picked out six lords from across the Fire Emblem series, and I'm going to read you a quote, and you need to tell me which lord uh, the quote is from. Interesting. Uh, which, you know, that, it's, it's, that it's... sounds like it could be way harder than you would think it is. It's, because there, a lot of them kind of overlap, and they're just like idealistic and like uh, nice. I don't know. No, I, I, yeah, exactly. Like that was kind of what I was going for with this. A lot of I, I love a lot of Fire Emblem Lords. Don't get me wrong. I think the writing in the series is definitely uh -huh. uh, like generally decent, or or ranging from decent to good. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the lords are very similar in, in their uh -huh. personalities, so I think this is going to be a little bit tricky, but I, I yeah. could be wrong. I think they do um, a good job of distinguishing them, but I mean, there's a lot of overlap, and if you just had one specific quote, that might be a problem. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, I have here six quotes from six different lords. Um, if you... Guess the Lord. You get some points. I mean, we're not really going to keep track of the points, but um, just for, for brownie points, I guess. And then yeah. you'll get bonus points if you can tell me the context, like what the quote is actually uh, being said in the context of. Uh -huh. um, and if you, if you need a hint, I can I can give you a hint. Uh, so I'll, I'll start off. I'm going to try to go roughly from what I consider to be the easiest to what I consider to be the hardest. Uh, but I'll say, uh, for, I'll give you a hint just to start off with, which is that all of these, except for one, come from main story dialogue and then one of them is a support conversation that it comes from okay yeah that right, so fair. let me start with what i consider to be the easiest one so uh, oh and uh any time that there's like an identifiable like a name the name of a person or a country or whatever i just replaced it with blank um so that way obviously you wouldn't give away the answer so okay. let's uh let's go ahead and start with number one no, that would not do. Today is a momentous day for my kingdom and my people. I must celebrate with them now, not later. Anything else would be a disservice to those who died to save blank. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Marth. That's the cutscene where he retakes Altea. I'm pretty sure, like, it, it's the same cutscene as the I, I'm a prince before a brother or a son or whatever. Something like that. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. You got it. That is, uh, that is Marth. Good old Marth. Um, I, I, I picked four of these six at random, and this was actually one of them, so I'm kind of glad that I got, that I got Marth. Um, but yes. Yeah. So, um, I think that's like the, at least like one of the more iconic Marth scenes, and he's uh, like up there, like top three for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, it's a, it's a really good scene. I, I agree with it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's there are a few different scenes where like the main lord comes back to their their home yeah. territory and and says something similar to this, but I think I think Marth's is pretty distinct for sure. Yep. Um. Okay. So next up, I'll go with this one. Okay. I don't expect you to understand. You've forgotten what it means to be human. 
blank, my connection to you, it's over. I'm finishing everything up right here. That one's harder. Um, is that Elliewood to Nurgle? I'll give you I'll give you half a point because that is not Elliewood to Nurgle. That is Hector to Nurgle. Okay, that seemed um, like a seven thing. Yeah, so you got you got the context right, but the uh, yeah. the Lord wrong. So close enough. All right. Nice. Next up, number three. No, I'm not making fun of you. You see, I have to always show people that I'm happy and confident because I'm the leader, but I often get depressed or become worried. Oh, I wanted to ask you, is there some kind of tip you can give me to stay happy like that? Oh, that's the Roy Shanna support. Yep, you got it. Um, yeah, so that's actually one of my favorite supports uh, in the game so far that I've, that I've read. It's, solid. It's, it's quite good. Uh, I'm pretty sure that support gets referenced in Engage, which is cool. Oh, does it? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think, I think it like one of his uh my castle or like is yeah one of his um lines when he's just hanging around the somnil is uh like someone like told me and then it's something like shanna said in that support nice yeah that's uh, that's that's cool i like that yeah all right number four absolutely we mustn't neglect our nightly duties to the people especially not at a time like this good point blank is it Sigurd? That is Sigurd. What's the okay. context? I don't know. Is he talking to Eldigan? No. Good guess. But that is uh, from the very beginning of the game uh, when Alec uh, tells him that they should go save the villages. Okay. Okay. Um, Alright. Number five. My friends told me it doesn't matter where you're from. What's important is how you live. How you live and what you do shapes your future. So who do you want to become? I actually, this might be, this might be, uh, I won't say anything. You let me know later if this is, if this is unfair. Um, I don't know. It sounds like Leaf. I couldn't tell you the context. It is not Leaf. Uh, I I didn't even think about this, um, from, from this perspective, but I actually don't know if you've even seen this dialogue because it is pretty late game engaged story dialogue. Oh uh, no! I, I mean, I I finished engage. Okay, yeah. So the the context the context is a spoiler, um, but I'll still say it. So if you if you care about engage spoilers, skip ahead like fifteen seconds. Um, but this is right before he gets uh brought back as a uh, as a whatever the ri- r- risen. No, it's not risen. Whatever the fuck it's called. Corrupted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to erase that scene from my memory, man. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Oh, man. That's the, the funniest fucking scene I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. <laughs> I, I'm the Fire Emblem. No, that one. That one's later. So yeah, that's that's the, after yeah. he gets. That's after Alir gets brought uh, brought back the second time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Um, okay. All right. So you're doing you you're doing pretty good. Um, you've gotten most of these at least partially right. Uh, so I'm going to give you the last one. And this one is like, I I think it's like unfairly hard, but <laughs> you'll, we'll see. Maybe you'll get it. Uh, maybe this is too much of a softball. But uh, number six, I'm sorry, blank. I'm sorry, everyone. Please forgive me. I can't tell you how much it means to me that we've come so far together. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is Leaf. No, uh, uh, that is it. actually... 
do you, do you want to try another <laughs> guess or do you good? my other guess was like crom no it's uh it's Celica uh, at the at the oh. end of the game um where she is about to uh give herself up to Jeddah, the best scene in, in echoes oh definitely oh really yeah that's the like that's the other one that i've erased from my memory <laughs> so i think these aren't fair yeah <laughs> just keep picking bad scenes so that you won't get yeah them. You, <laughs> the, erase them. you should have only picked good the kino scenes and not the cringe scenes exactly okay so uh what'd you what'd you think of that you got you got um you got two completely correct yeah. you got one just the lord and you got one just the context and then two wrong so yeah i'd say you you got like a 50 percent. that's pretty good yeah, that was fun. I like that. Good. All right. I'll, I what might bring I it win? back at some point. <laughs> what do I win? Uh, you win that I will pick better scenes for the dialogue for next time. <laughs> I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> 100%. Um, Saved uh, from mid. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try to pick different lords next time, too. Although I think I'm going to... I want I wanted to pick specifically Alir, um because it's the new one. Um, and then I wanted to pick specifically Roy because it's on topic, uh, but the, the, yeah. the remaining four were random, so I might I might do something similar next time. I don't know. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, um, so glad you had a good time with that. Uh, I, I'll probably bring it back at some point in the future. Um, but in the meantime, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, uh, and uh, I hope you will join me again for some point before this game is wrapped up. Yep. Yeah, for sure. A uh, pleasure to be back. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks, you too. Okay, so glad to have Soup on, as always, and hopefully he'll be back again. Now, let's go ahead and just talk quickly about our map gauntlet, because this episode actually isn't that long yet. It's only, uh, it's not even two hours, uh, but the episodes with another person take, like, way longer to edit, generally. So I'm going to try to keep this one as, as brief as possible. So... Map Gauntlet this time. I think Chapter 13 is is my personal favorite, although uh, I think Soup did make a good case for Arcadia. Uh, I don't think I can justify raising it from my least favorite in the entire series to... I, I've raised it from, like, bottom one to, like, you know, probably bottom five for me in this game, uh, which is, is still not great. Uh, so I don't think you can convince me that it's better than Chapter 13, which is still, honestly, a... a quite a fun chapter in my opinion i think it's i think it's quite good um i think the side objective of, of getting percival as as kind of bullshit as it is because it's not like it's actually a bad idea to go for it <laughs> especially if you're playing hard mode uh then it, it it's still fun i like the villages i like being able to buy killer weapons it's it's just a pretty good map overall i still am gonna give it to chapter 11a overall however i think chapter 11a is still gonna remain the the best chapter in the game and and trying to think ahead like there's not that many chapters left that even like have a chance of beating it but we'll see i could be wrong i could be wrong there are a couple that i like that i still there are a couple left that i still really like so we'll see we'll see how that goes okay any news let's take a look we just wave two dlc yeah no it's um there's some merch for fire emblem engage releasing in april uh, I will have to check that out. There's some, um, there's some, I don't remember what the website for this is. You could probably like find it if you just search around for it a little bit, but there's a place where you can order the soundtrack and the soundtrack actually has a customizable, uh, like case that you can, that you can put it in. 
Um, and you can pick one of, like, I think 10 or so different characters. It's both genders of Alir, Vander, Fram, and, uh, Vander, Fram, and, uh, Clan, and then all of the royal and royal siblings. So, like, Alfred and Celine, uh, Alchrist and Diamant, etc., etc. So, pretty good selection. I love Vander. Vander is definitely my favorite character in the game. So, if I end up getting that, it'll definitely be with Vander. There's also, like, a lot of Vander merch, it seems. Like, there's a, there's a lot of merch for almost every character, actually. Uh, except for some of the more Scrimblo ones. Actually, no, even some of the Scrimblo ones. I don't know. Um, there's some, there's some, some good stuff out there. Uh, engaged fans are eating. The, uh, the merch is, is coming on strong. I don't think we've gotten merch this quickly. <laughs> Even for three houses, I don't think it came out this quick, but I could be wrong about that. Anyway. That's about all that I have to say. I'm continuing Cold Steel. I started, uh, I mentioned a few episodes ago, probably like in the middle of Thracia, that I had just started Twin Peaks. Uh, and I am I am continuing that. I put that down for a while, and then I recently watched the movie, and then I'm I'm now on Return Twin Peaks Return, which is like the new season. That at the at the very end of season two, all those years ago, there's a character that says, "I'll see you in 25 years," and then 25 fucking years later, the uh the series started again. Um. And, and it's, it's, ah, it's just so good. It's so cool. There's so much, so much cool shit going on in there. Um, and I'm excited to get to do that. I can't remember if there's anything else to talk about. I don't think so. If there is, it's not. Oh, um, I actually, I just started a, I've been in a, a drafting mood right lately. Uh, I've been wanting to draft a whole bunch. And one of the things that I drafted is, uh, a few of my friends and I, are doing a Nuzlocke of Pokemon Emerald, but we are only able to use Pokemon that we drafted. So we went through and we went and we drafted, like, each of us got, like, I want to say 15 to 16. No, it's, it was closer to, like, 17 or 18 Pokemon per person. Um, and, yeah, so I'm not going to go through my whole team because there was a lot, but um, so far so good. I am at currently at... I just beat Norman. And I have only had four deaths. Two of them were against Norman. And two of them were against, of all trainers, the optional Rustboro City fight against your rival? I don't know what that, I don't know what the fuck I was smoking for that one. But the only major boss that I have lost any Pokemon to is, uh, what's his face? Norman. So that's been going pretty well for me so far. And I'm hoping it continues. I think I'm going to get absolutely bodied by Tate and Liza because I lost my only counter to them, which was Mighty Anna. So I'm not I'm not doing too hot, but we'll we'll see. I'm gonna try to see it through. And then if I lose a Tate Eliza, I lose a Tate Eliza. That's a pretty pretty good uh distance to make it for a first attempt at a Nuzlocke with such a limited selection of Pokemon. But anyway, doesn't matter. Uh that's about all I have going on. So uh yeah, next time we're gonna be talking about chapters 15, 16, and 16X. So until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.